FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsored links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, my first guest of the night is brought to you by Guts Racing. For the highest performance in seat covers and foam, you want Guts Racing. Visit GutsRacing.com. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us from FXR Chaparral, Mr. Michael Lindsay. What's up, Michael? What's up? How's it going? Going good, man. Great to have you on. Excited to talk to you after being in the studio Monday night. But I also want to introduce... Brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. If you want the tires, Cam Zink and Sam Hill run, visit bike.michelin.com for details. And tonight, uh, Michelin Bicycle Tires brings us Mr. Nick McCampbell. What's up, Nick? Foot Nick. What's up, dark side? What's How up? How fitting, too, because I happen to run Michelins on my 93 and 94 CR250s. I like that. You, you run the StarCross 5s? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. oh I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. StarCross 5 soft. Yeah, all right. Well, it's Michelin Bicycle Tires is the official sponsor, but we we obviously love Michelin all the way around. Randy Richardson's a gem, and uh, yeah, he's one of a kind for sure. So we like we like the Starcross Fives. How about you, Michael? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're very similar different team brand wise, but I tried the Michelin uh, Starcross Fives. Quite liked them, and I was actually laughing that. Both me and Nick, uh, the teams we work for, well, I run the one has uh, guts as well. So yeah. it all works. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about – well, hell, let's just get into that right now. Um, I was going to talk about it in the sponsor reads, but Guts Racing, obviously one of the best seat covers on the business, longtime supporter of Pulpamex. Um, Michael, why do you choose Guts Racing for your team? Uh, simple. I've always dealt with hand. They've been super mellow to deal with. Uh, Andy, like, basically, if I text them in order, it's quite often at my house pretty much the next day. Um, plenty of options. Lightweight. they got phantom seat foams. Uh, one of my riders, Cody, is absolutely destructive on seat covers, <laughs> so they do that, like, nylon insert one on the inside they have to do because otherwise he can just – uh, stock seat cover for him lasts about 20 minutes. Oh, done. wow. Well, and, uh, destructive. Little kids hanging on for dear life. <laughs> uh, Nick, you also at Moto Concepts Honda. You guys run the Guts Racing seat covers. Uh, what, what do you guys like about them? Um, well, you know, first off, Andy, good people. Yes. Um, yeah, he's good stuff. But, uh, no, they've just always been good for us as far as, uh, like, we switched to blue this year and, like, we we. Our guys like to try different things with different kinds of ribs, and um, Andy's always quick. Like on the fly, one year I think Brayton wanted to do a Adidas one with just three stripes last second, and he got a bunch of them made like on the dial, and they're just solid. They last well, you know, as long as we need them to, and as long as any other seat I've ever used in Supercross. So heck yeah! Well, we we do love solid. Guts Racing and Michelin Bicycle Tires. Um, all right, so let's talk about episode 425. Michael Lindsay in studio. On the phone, we had Jay Bone, Jeremy Albrecht, Michael Antonovich, Jake Weimer calls in, Seth Rarick, of course, JT as always. Um, so right off the bat, Michael, uh, Steve, man, he, he always spells your name wrong. I noticed that in the, uh, in the notes, on, I think on Twitter, I can't remember where he put it, where I saw it, but it was definitely spelled with an E. And even in the intro, he, he still got it wrong. Is that a pretty common thing for you? pretty funny yeah i I joked about a little story at the beginning uh my name is michael Lindsay. that's how i pronounce it it's spelled s-a-y everybody gets it wrong i even had gear companies with media stuff that would send me the wrong spelled (laughs) stuff i've had trophies with it wrong i have some amateur racing from cycle losers spelled wrong it never gets done right i finally had a um at a uh what the heck a bank like two years ago i was saying i need a cashier's check and I tell her my name and she's typing she says L-I-N-D-S-T-Y I'm like no it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y and this lady had a little bit of an attitude to her and she just looks at me and goes well you said Lindsay you didn't say Lindsay and I'm like for a split second I'm like you know what this is my name I know how you say my name right and I thought about it for a second I'm like ah she's right yep. damn it she kind of called you out a little bit uh Nick, yeah. you, you, I informed uh, my family of that when I got home. I'm like, you know, we've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you definitely have one of those names where just, you know, the the proper enunciation probably is, over the years, it's just been lax and it, it's changed. But that, that's all right. We, we know, I know how to spell it, so that's all that really matters. Uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, you told me that one of the, you really enjoyed this show. This is so far your favorite show that Michael Lindsay has been the host of. Uh, why is that? What did you think about it? Um, I thought he was solid, like with the jab jabs at Steve, kind of like off and on the whole time. First off, because Steve was like super aggressive with uh, with Talon, and like so he couldn't get much in, and you know, like Steve was just aggressive the whole show, which I like. But uh, Michael was able <laughs> to get his jabs in, and like I don't know, I just think Michael's more comfortable every time he's on. So like yeah. he's just a little more candid every time, and like it's just yeah, it was solid. And then I think just the whole we're all back racing 
that's pretty big as far as just the vibe of the show. And so, like, that brought that was going to bring the show up no matter who was on. And uh, so, like, that combined with just Michael, I think, getting better every time he's in. Um, like, that was just – it kind of went hand in hand. It was a good show. Yeah, so, Michael, you've been in a, a number of times now. I don't know exactly how many, but, <clears throat> you know – you kind of like me sometimes, probably maybe more than me since you're a bigger name in the industry, but you get a lot of social media shots taken at you, let's say. Um, but what do you think about that? As, do you feel more comfortable as you've, you've been on Steve's show, on Pulpamex, and every time you do you feel more comfortable? Or, uh, I mean, do you hear the shots fired at times? You know, what do you th- and just kind of talk about that. Well, I, I joke with, uh, I've joked with JT about this too, where like, I don't know, Steve, Steve also, it's like, you know, I like <clears throat> Chris being Vilma. Amos, it goes up, like, pretty often. Y'all kind of gave her shtick and sense of humor, just like being friends and hanging out. So it's, uh, yeah, you know what to jab on him about. You know where he's going to go with something. Usually if an argument starts, you already know what stance Steve's going to take. So whether <laughs> I, I tend to notice that sometimes, I remember there was an episode that, I not what we were even talking about. And he took the absolute opposite end of the argument of me and JT and was pissing JT off. And I even said to him, like, he's just taking the other end just to piss you off. And right. He's like, I know, and it's working. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I get, I get messages all the time, and I'm going to talk about my call in a little bit. But I, I get a bunch of messages like, man, all Steve does is give you shit. And, you know, I, I think some of it is legit. He feels that way. But also I think some, some of it is just hit that like his nature, right? To poke and pick and bust balls, and uh, you know, obviously with him and JT, they they do that constantly. It's almost impossible. Like when they do agree on something, my mind is kind of blown that like they even went that direction. It's kind of like the world's ending. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Michael, I want to ask you. You know, I I always tell people I watch on YouTube or uh, Facebook. Just I change every so often, but. What was up with the Maxima SC1 cutout in the co-host chair? What brought that on? Why was it there? I don't know. I walked in. It was sitting there. And I looked right at Steve. I'm like, what is this thing doing? He's like, I don't know. That's your, co- just literally, that's your co-host for the night. I was okay. Like, okay, whatever. So maybe the cleaning lady, whatever. maybe the, one of the maids, she, maybe she put it there. I don't know. At one point I was using it. I don't know if you could. The hard part is you can't probably hear it on the podcast, but if you watch the video one, there's a point where Steve actually tries to start to ask the SC1 board yes. uh, questions, and yeah. I start shaking his head up. Well, it doesn't have a head. I'm answering for him with the board. Right. I thought about hitting him with it at one point, but I thought it would have been too far of a reach. Right. That's good stuff. All right, uh, Nick. So, obviously, we're going back racing in Supercross, St. Louis, uh, here very shortly. Big topic yes, of sir. the show. St. Louis? Oh, well, that's Saint Saint Salt Lake City. Sorry, Salt Lake City. Well, man, you know. Hey, don't worry. That ain't that far wrong. All the every single week it was changing with Phil. Right. Hey, we're going to Phoenix. Hey, we're yeah. going to St. Louis. Let's, we're going yeah. to Utah. Ah, we're all going to Let's Salt Lake. Mind. Yeah, well, I was just with Anton this last weekend, and we were talking about Salt Lake or St. Louis. See, I'm, so anyway, um, Salt Lake City. We're going to race in Salt Lake City. Um, and that's kind of something you mentioned, Nick, was that that's a good part of the show that you know we have something to talk about now. You like the overall vibe of the show. Uh, give me some. Give me some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think first off, we'd all rather be stuck in Salt Lake City for a month than uh, St. Louis. True that. Uh, I mean, the Sorry, indoor thing would be kind of cool, but uh, yeah, the um, the uh, area surrounding is not somewhere I'd want to hang out for a month. And I'm sure Supercross tracks, as far as guys wanting to go do stuff, would be probably more limited. Yet, I think there's a <laughs> yeah. few different guys around. 
around Salt Lake that have tracks that I've heard of different people going to ride. But, um, yeah, just, like, the fact that we're back racing gave the show a little more direction again, which, don't get me wrong, I've kind of enjoyed the, like, abstractness of the last few and just, like, off the wall, like, we're talking about, you know, whatever Steve brings out of his left pocket or whatever tangent they end up getting on. Um, so I've kind of enjoyed that, but to be back racing kind of gives the uh, – Gives the show a little, like, uh, you know, those shows, like, late December leading up to A1. It's just a different vibe, and, like, they kind of got some hype to them, and that's just kind of how, like, it felt. Like, it was nice to kind of recap what we've all been through, and uh, but, like, it kind of had a general moving forward feeling to it, and that's something we haven't had. It's kind of been a, we've all been lost in the clouds a little bit. Yeah. So now that everyone has direction again, this is the first show since we have. So that kind of gave, like, a nice little, like, they kind of went back and forth between reviewing things that have gone on and the steps that have been made and blah, blah, blah. And uh, also as far as moving forward and looking forward and talking about things that could happen. And we're finally bench racing again a little bit. So Yeah, I'm excited for that. You know, and another thing they talked about, Steve brought this up quite a bit, was the idea that, you know, what if, what if one of these riders wants to leave? Uh, J- Jason Thomas kind of said, oh, the penalties are too harsh, but – Steve really thinks they're gonna want, you know, they're gonna not gonna want to stay. He's pretty adamant about that. Michael, you talked about it a little bit, but Nick, uh, what do you think about it? You know, I mean, you think some of these guys are gonna try to sneak away? Um, you know, you're dealing, you have your own riders and your own team. Uh, I, I would assume that has been discussed a little bit. Uh, but what do you think about Steve's thoughts that hey, these guys are not gonna want to just stay put, especially, um, well, especially if something think, happens? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like, um, it's one of those things where like. Uh, like Steve had kind of touched on it where Feld was originally going to be pretty rigid and they ended up flexing a little bit as far as letting guys stay at Airbnbs and things like that and bring motor homes. And I think that kind of allowed the guys to breathe a little more as far as they can set up a shop a little bit and have a little home away from home. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there is probably a handful of Supercross tracks, I'd say there's probably at least three in Utah that guys could go to during the week in like a panic test scenario. Um, I don't see anyone doing it. There's just too much a risk if some if word does get out and stuff, and like that's kind of where we're all at with it. Is like there's just it'd be a a foolish move at this point. Um, if you're someone who's you know top ten in points, if you're a privateer and you know whatever, um, I can see maybe someone like doing that, but yeah. I don't. I don't see anyone. It's Utah's cool. There's plenty to do in the days off. Guys are at altitude racing twice a week anyway, so recovery's going to be big. And it's like, you know, a lot of guys aren't going to ride during the week. And okay. Yeah. Be the deal. And Michael, I thought it was pretty interesting, the point you brought up about uh, some of the East Coast guys, you know, they, they may not want to come back for that last race. Like, it wasn't something I'd even thought about. Um, you, I mean, do you really see that happening? Do you see some guys just deciding, yeah, to oh, yeah. just stay home? Oh, massively, because there's already been, like, I'm, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to name names and point, like, what I'm, by what I'm referring to right. in the lineup, but based on who I've heard has gone a spot, we're talking about guys that are barely making night shows, and mm-hmm. they've been invited, because even the guys with points, it's not worth it to them. A lot of people are already bowing out um, of the classes, because they just don't have the money. I mean... I heard, you know, let's take 450 class. I heard Henry Miller's out, and I heard AJ Canizaro's out. You know, them are making the trip. Um, there's just multiple guys. It's just not, for some of them, it's just not financially viable, um, which it's a weird scenario. I had this discussion with a few people, like, yeah, this is, 
and, we, and I know it will come up as the main subject. It's not the perfect case scenario. It is what it is. I, and I feel terrible saying this for some of the privateers. If we go racing or if, if they go racing or they didn't the rest of this year, it's not going to be a tragic difference for them. The ones that aren't in the position of maybe earning a ride next year that just kind of do their own program and have their own support, that have their people, the difference in doing the couple rounds at the end versus not isn't going to make or break whether they come back and race next year. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lot of the teams, for a lot of the teams, it is the make or break if you're coming back to race next year based on sponsorship and depending on if your team has uh, private funding from you know a business that is large enough or a business end that is large enough to or somebody that's just a personal investment that has enough to clear it versus ones that are 100% sponsorship driven that really don't have a nest egg built up or something like you know, it, and also the series sponsors certain contracts. Like, it's pretty required that it gets done. It, it's not perfect for everybody. It's kind of it is towards a certain echelon of the sport that yeah. is getting done for a reason. And for the other guys, like I feel bad they won't be there. And yes, it does suck and it seems unfair on paper, but it's not going to change their world as much. I guess to, to put it bluntly. Um, yeah, the other sense. thing I was going to say uh, on the thing you mentioned, I talked about on the show, but I learned a little bit more about it today. One of the tracks I brought up that is in Utah, I found out a couple. So there's two tracks on a certain property I know. I found out some of the factory teams have reached out and decided to rent the tracks I'm aware of. So there will be guys riding during the week in Utah. Okay. Um, yeah, it sounds like guys are trying to nail that Friday on the, the, get lap, the gap day between Wednesday and Sunday. It sounds like a few people are trying to ride. Um, so there definitely will be some riding, some I think more mid-tier teams I've talked to aren't worried about it. Um, I don't think too many of the regional guys are worried about it, but it sounds like some of the big big boy 450 teams are interested. Um, if we would have gone to Arizona, I actually found out as well that one of the factory OEMs did reach out to the local track ACP and basically said, hey, if we do Texas, um, we want to pay for a brand-new Supercross track to get built just for us. Damn. And they had a full discussion on the price and everything, and it was agreed to. If we were going to Arizona, there was going to be a brand-new Supercross track in Arizona for one OEM. Look at that. Michael Lindsay, team owner and still media media insider, getting the deep scoops. Man, yeah, I, I look forward to the day when I have those kind of contacts and can get some of that info. That's good stuff, man. And, uh, you know, th- look, this is the Pulp Mix wrap-up show, and that's why, Nick, right, you're a heavy listener of Pulp. Uh, we enjoy oh, yeah. this stuff because of these inside things, you know, these inf- inside info that you don't really get at other places, like up-to-date, you know, minute-by-minute uh, you know, info and media coverage. That's pretty awesome. Um, Nick, so Jason Thomas, speaking of Supercross, back in Salt Lake City, Cooper Webb, man, he thinks Cooper Webb's going to bring it, and I fully, fully am on board with this. I talked to Cooper uh, probably two weeks ago, and, like, I just feel like, you know, after the crash, the the incident in Arlington, and then him him coming back like he did, you know, in Atlanta, like I, I felt like it was he was getting ready to make a run, and then we had all this crap go down, and now he's had some time to recover, and I fully believe Jason Thomas is on board. I think Cooper Webb is going to be scary in the in the next few races. Uh, do you agree? Do you think somebody else is going to step up? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna. I, I don't think we've had enough time off necessarily to be like everything's different, right? I think anyone who was knocking on the door of a top five at any point in the last few races before we stopped is going to come out swinging regardless the best they can. Um, so it's one of those things where it's hard to say that anyone's going to make a huge leap. Like, I don't I don't know if that's one thing I'm going to 
I would I would put a padlock on till I get there. Right. But I do like but I do see JT's point and like Webb was really good after, you know, something we thought he might never or he might not have, you know, shown up at the next round or maybe a few. And, you know, he's he was back at it right away and he was good from the get go. So um yeah, I see where he's coming from there, but it's hard to say that anyone's going to make a huge jump because, you know, Tomac and Roxon, those guys are going to come out just just swinging away as well. But um, Yeah. yeah would, like, Michael, would you would you deal. agree then, I mean, with kind of what Nick just said, that really Eli and Kenny are still, I mean, the, still the two main guys? Or do you, I mean, do you see Cooper getting up there and, you know, winning some races? You know, and, uh, you know, we, we could see AC winning a race. We Who knows what's going to happen, but... Nick's probably right. The the two main guys, Eli and Kenny, are going to be the the class of the field most of the time. Although, like I said, I think I think Cooper's going to get a few wins. Well, I, I, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying yeah, yeah. It's a two man race, but it's. I don't think he's going to be you know leaps and bounds ahead of those two. But you know, okay. there's going to be dogs in the fight all sure. over the place, right? Go ahead, Michael. I, um, Sorry, but. I I think we we kind of covered on the Sean Bolt ends of the spectrum, like mm-hmm. everybody. But agreed in multiple senses. Like the top three guys are top three guys. They've done what they've done this year because they are, you know, as good as they are. Um, there's definitely, it's just such an unknown. There's major variables. Um, of course, I think a few people question um, somewhat of how, how Kenny is going to roll into it because they seem to fight bike setup sometimes more. Like if their first round starts bad, it could swing momentum pretty weird. Eli sometimes starts the season slow, but we've never seen, you know, somebody put season on pause and see how he mentally adapts. Um, Cooper's just a gamer. You really can't, you just can't doubt him. Like people started doubting him early in the season and look what he pulled out of his, you know, his rear end when he needed to. <laughs> right. Um, and right. Coop's the kind of guy, if he goes on a roll, he could go on a roll. So, like, any of those three guys, no scenario between the three would surprise me. The one that does come interesting to mind, the two riders that make me scratch my head the most is, like, AC's now going to be very healthy. He was, as we saw, blistering cast at the beginning of the season with almost pulling almost every round. He was top qualifier. Um, he, I think, has been good at Salt Lake before going on the hard pack. Like, AC could throw a wrench in there because, you know, as, right before AC went out, kind of fell into the, the three guys were the three guys. I think AC is capable every round of fiddling with that, so it definitely can change the point spread. And then the last one of the group, I'd be curious to see if the reset kind of helps him, considering he does. He, he sometimes starts really well when we reset, is like uh, Barsha possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be the only other one I would kind of throw in as a dark horse to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, you can't doubt any of the top three, but I, I don't doubt it could go any way. Cooper could get the momentum and rolling with it. Um, Eli could, Kenny could adapt. Like it's, I, I think that's the hard part is if I look at any of the three, that if they kill it the first round, it can turn into the biggest run. Is I feel like Cooper is the most likely if he wins the first round to carry that momentum better than the other two. To me, Eli and Kenny are still a little, they're, they're so good, but I I just don't feel like I see them carry the momentum as as easily as Coop does once he gets on a roll. Sometimes. Good point. I like it. Let's talk about Jeremy Albrecht, Nick. Um, J-Bone, always great interview, longtime friend of Steve's, you know, really good on the Pulp Show. Uh, you mentioned that, that you really you found his perspective interesting. Um, talk about why, you know, he, he obviously is team manager of uh, another team in the paddock, so he, he has some similar interests as your team. But uh, discuss why you like J- uh, J-Bone. Well, it's just always cool to hear from, like, uh, just different 
um, I don't know if you want to say staff, I guess, but yeah, like managers on other teams and stuff, and especially like in this weird time where everyone's doing things a little bit differently and just to kind of to hear how it affects their day-to-day on the East Coast. And, they, you know, like he's talking about who he had riding and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Just uh, It's interesting to hear how other guys are handling it because everyone is so kind of isolated in their own little groups right now that you don't hear what what's going on or who's riding quite as much besides uh, people just posting stuff about it or whatever. But everyone kind of went quiet there for a month or so. And so it's kind of cool to hear you know, just another another team's operations and perspective on uh, this whole thing we've been dealing with. And I thought that was cool. And then he always has a James story here and there, gets asked about it. He can't get away from it. And we all love uh, we all love James, so that's always cool to hear. Well, and, uh, yeah, I love yeah. him saying that, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't really like the fact that the bike would not go as fast as he wanted it to. And the fact that Jay Bone said it kind of freaked him out, you know, or didn't really like watching James ride uh, because of how fast he was going, and those those little sketchy moments, man, they were they were kind of they were scary. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And speaking of the the way another team is dealing with things, and uh, I thought it was interesting with. Uh, Michael, you saying that you know you're having to do things differently with your team, right? A lot of teams are bringing less people, and your team you're going to be wrenching your team owner and going to be wrenching for one of your riders because of this, you know, the the lack of people you can have there. You have to cut things back. Um, you don't really, you wouldn't really think of a team owner doing that, but that's what you're going to have to do to make your program work. And I, I thought that was pretty cool insight. I've already wrenched for one of my, yeah, I've wrenched for two of my riders around this year. I'm while we're on the phone right now. I'm building a practice motor, okay. And uh, I plan on driving the semi up to Utah. Um, do you want me to keep going? No, <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, it's uh, I think like a lot of smaller teams, whether it's like like the um, I'm trying to think of some examples. There's there's plenty of small 250 teams where the mechanics aren't full time. You know, we don't have the budget for them. Some of our friends they work in other shops. They have things that keep them during the busy during the week. Even though yes, we're in a pandemic. Plenty of motorcycle shops are still somewhat busy right now. There's a lot of guys that work with me. Like, I, they, they can't they, they can't come with for a month. That's right. not their livelihood. I don't have the budget. Even though we're saving on budget and certain travel stuff, I still have to be super conservative because at the end of the year, we'll see where sponsors land if they want to pay their full bill considering we don't have activation and, and the rounds have kind of got messed up. So I need to be a little conservative. And, but I, I just straight up can't pay these people to take a month and go with us. Um, so it's easy one of the mechanics works for both. Matt Chase has the ability to right now. And honestly, I really like working with Cody. It's enough time off between each one. I'm not having to scramble and fly back and do stuff. So it's like, whatever, we're not allowed to stand in the manager's power anyways. So right. I might as well go hold a pit board and, uh, turn some keys and at least be on the floor. If the guys will make some suspension changes during practice, I can actually be a little more helpful. I actually rarely stand in the tower anyways. I'm mostly standing around with a screwdriver. So, <laughs> Oh, the working team manager. I like it. Team owner. I I love seeing Michael in staging. That's one of my favorite things at Supercross. Why? I get stoked. Is there a particular reason or just, just him in general? Just just seeing Michael in staging, really. Just like on a bike and he's just a journeyman. <laughs> I always give him fist bumps. Like I always, yeah. I'm always stoked. Come on now, Nick. You fist bump everybody. No, not fist bump. Fist pump. Like oh, I thought I'm you said sitting fist bump. on my bike. Like I'm, yeah, like I'm cheering for him. Like I yeah, I'm always excited. To see That's Michael. cool. 
Um, Michael, I thought you just joke because I come by every week and I help set up because I usually need their help setting up because I only <laughs> usually have one other mechanic. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah we bat each other pretty often. Say that again. Sorry, what was that, Nick? Oh, I just say we pat each other's back. Yeah. With the setup. Yeah. That's cool. Always, always parked with our ride red team. Always, always parked together. Always helping each other set up and stuff. But right. No, I like. Like bigger, mate. I don't know. Amongst the teams that, like, even before media stuff, like MCR is one of the trucks I go by like the most often at a race, and especially if you're with all this. Usually, they're one of the teams that's close. I'm parked the closest to, so I typically pop in when between the races, just you know, everybody's doing and stuff. Yeah, it's one of the first trucks I go to, also with my donuts. But they're they're one of yep. the last trucks to get there. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> we. uh we do our thing, but Michael's a good neighbor for sure. Yeah, dark side donuts—they're always clutch. So I'm, I'm stoked on both of those. Right on, uh, Michael. You you mentioned in our uh, text that you really enjoyed J Bone just because you guys were both so happy to go back racing again, and you really and and so this is something I enjoyed too was the discussion of Feld and the team is really seeming to work together. Right, we we hear the stories all the time, you know, on Pulp and other places, just of. You know, uh, there, there's this kind of almost like we get the oppression. There's a, a battle between them, you know. Um, but in this instance, it seems like everybody's working together, and that's really a positive for our sport. Hopefully it sticks around. Um, you know, talk about that. Yeah, I kind of mentioned it. We talked about it in, in length on the show, and it's part of also Steve's rant about all the people at tour. Because, you know, Steve's one of the first guys they'll, they'll rip fell the new one. And, you know, I don't agree with uh, – quite a few things to get done at the races, but I will stand by the fact that, hey, we all really need her right now. I've, I've heard team people say, all oh, the teams need to stand up and demand this different. Hey, there, like I said, there's some of us that aren't in the the case of being able to do that. Like, a race team is racing. You only get paid by sponsors if you go racing. You don't get paid to stand around. Look pretty. So, like, we need the races to go. Feld needs us to put on the races. We all need to work together and get kind of through this pandemic and be able to you know, continue, you know, doing what we all want to do. I mean, I think I can say, uh, speak for most people, we aren't in dirt bike racing because there's a lot of money. We're in it because it's fun. Whether you're running a team, whether you're a mechanic or most people, like we do it because we have some weird fascination and love and we can't get away from it. And we kind of need to stick around because most of us really haven't figured out a good uh, plan B. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a good point. You know, it, it as as a general fan, you know, I think a lot of people think everybody in the pits is making millions of dollars, and that's just not oh, the case. Millions, millions yeah. of pesos. Yeah, I mean, Nick. I mean, you're 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 you know a, a mechanic for a high level team. Your team won a Supercross. Uh, you know, you 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 probably drive a Lambo, right? Um, I don't have as many uh, races. As Barsha and Roxon, no. <laughs> Not as many. No. Not as many, no. All right, Unfortunately. well, so like, um, no, it's it's like it's like Steve said on the show with like uh, if Feld Feld holds events, and if they don't hold events, they can't do what they do, and then yeah. I like tend to think it's the same thing for a race team. If we if we can't go racing, we can't go do what we what we do. So um, it's one of those things where I think everyone had to flex a little bit, and I think. As far as you saying, like you know, the teams need to fight for this and that. I think it was a good, good balance of uh, one of those deals where it's uh, they kept it 
away from being a battle and more of a negotiation the whole mm-hmm. time on all ends. And it's somewhere I think, you know, things got done and we're not doing Supercross in 98 degrees in the middle of August or something, right? So Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about you know the Supercross happening now as opposed to in the fall here in a moment when we get to the Race Tech rant. I do want to touch on uh, a topic. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, the, oh go ahead. Ahead, sorry. Nope. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the one thing I was going to say is because not doing August turn is location thing. Uh, I, you know, I brought up with J Bone at one point like how much heads up because you know the the conversation was I think a lot of people knew the Phoenix deal yeah was starting to fall apart because then the backup suggestions were brought up and. Uh, Houston was high on the list, and so was St. Louis. Um, I actually used to think about what venues Feld has contracts with, where dirt is, what every sport's trying to start up right now and get TV contracts, what stadiums are not in use for other sports. So it gave us a thin list. And honestly, like, yeah, Phoenix, of all the options out there, Phoenix was the closest for the majority of race teams from California. It would have made it one of the most easiest logistically. But Phoenix is getting really hot right now. I'm going there on Sunday to break in a race like with both. It is freaking hot over there. I don't care the stadium's indoors. Like, everything on the pits would have sucked. It would have been hot and miserable the whole time. None of us really would have wanted to gone outside and done anything. The only person who yeah, have to went to St. Louis was going to be Anton. But it's always <laughs> yeah. not bad. Like, it's, yeah. I have family there, so I've been there a ton. It's 10 hours. It's not too far away. It's easy enough for us all to get stuff up there. Um, there's some cool stuff to do. Like, I mean, if you're outdoors, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up on a freaking half the – the dang industries on a freaking road bike with ride with each other at one point during this uh excellent mountain biking excellent road biking fishing just like i don't know it's not the worst place we could get stuck with of all sure. the rounds on the schedule outside of it being in our backyard in california salt lake actually can, might be the next best one on the list if we had to get stuck somewhere it's, yeah. it's one of the better yeah. ones at least I'm with you, Michael. My family lives in Phoenix, and I was I zipped over there last weekend. And it's not cold. <laughs> yeah. And then so like Salt Lake's gonna be pretty nice and wet. Like Florida was thrown out there, it'd be freaking yeah, it'd be close to where the team's set up. How there'd be muggy and the uh, right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's hot. It's, it's, it's gonna be kind of like a mini vacation because listen, I'm not doing mosquitoes and supercross. You know what I mean? Like, no, agreed. I'm out. Yeah, well, yeah, then you probably would not have liked Houston because, you know, I'm four hours north of there, but it's hot, it's humid, and the mosquitoes are out. So, Oh, there you go. I don't really care since I'm not getting to go. You asked me that, Michael Lindsay, Monday night. Um, I got the email today that basically said if I didn't get the call last night that uh, I wasn't going to make it. And I never really expected to. I hoped. I crossed my fingers a little bit, but – um, I don't, I'm not exactly delusional about where we rank in the overall scheme of media podcasts. So I'll, uh, I'll be happy just to follow along with all the Pulp MX podcasts that Steve's going to have to put out. Uh, he's going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm going to figure out how to do the wrap-up show on another night other than Wednesdays, obviously. We'll figure that out also. Um, all right. Next topic, Moto Fight Club, Michael Lessie, number one jersey. Nick, he's on your team. Uh, well, he he was on your team. He's, he's still he's family. He's part of the team. Basically, you know, I mean, he's he's part yeah, of the team. Yeah, Mikey's family. Yeah, Mikey's for sure. Uh, you you've heard the 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 comments. You know, the the splashback, whatever the people, the overall consensus. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm going to ask you, man, what are your thoughts? You know, I mean, we know how Mike is. That he's he's all in. Yeah. Um, well, like I, the reason he had the jersey. Is I figured I could cl- clear this up at least. Okay. Is I guess by request, um, 
the people who run that Tampa race wanted Mike to run a, a number one plate. Um, so it was one of those things where it was kind of like a, it wasn't a, it wasn't an 800 brain thought. Um, so he just had that thing around and I'd imagine they probably brought it just to like, you know, the shit talking on Instagram and whatever. And it was probably just to, uh, further that whole deal. Right. Is, uh, just the gloating aspect of the general vibe of the thing. But I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where if you, you know, the Alessis are going race and they're going to, they're going to go race. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. People think he got it specifically made for that and all that. That was no. that was honestly my first impression. Uh, when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh, wow. Um, you know, I wasn't really sure if he was just having fun with it or if he was dead serious. I yeah, I'd imagine, I'd imagine it was one of those things where he was packing stuff up to leave and he saw it laying there and he was just kind of laughed to himself. It was yeah. like, hey, would this be funny? And, you know, one of those things. But, um, yeah. I don't know. That's what, I guess that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. Okay. He but, looks. I mean, yeah. Mike's gonna go fast if you drop a gate in front of him. And right. So, like, uh, um, as far as as far as that goes, like, was, I enjoyed watching the event and stuff, and I'm a big like '90s moto guy. Yeah. So, like that stuff was cool. And uh, but yeah, as far as that whole thing is, I, that's the most I can clear that up. Okay. Well, Michael Lindsay, you kind of already you made your comments on you know you talked about it on the show Monday, but something that got said was. You and Steve both had, or actually Anton and Steve brought up that some guys at the track, some other people weren't happy. Um, you're, you got some inside info. I mean, you know all these people. Like, can you clear that up? Like, not necessarily I, who, I will be dead why. I, nope, no clue. I'll be okay. dead honest on that one. I didn't hear a single person be angry about it, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Steve says that. Anton has told me he doesn't know a single guy at the event that was angry about it. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, okay. I, I don't know. Uh, I do know yeah, I, I, the actual the, the actual thing, like, let's just be honest with Fight Club. So when I saw the list of who was going, I started reading through it. I'm like, okay, this is like old school matchups. It's going to be kind of a goof-off thing. Blah, blah, blah. I see Mike's name pop up. I'm like, well, Mike isn't going to not take this serious. Yeah, like, yeah. I saw him on the list. I know he's going to take it serious. I actually, oddly enough, before the race happened, I – thought I knew the one jersey was from Tampa because I actually remember him, what he wore in Tampa for that Tampa race. Mm-hmm. I was there, so I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even double think it, but I did think like, yes, on one end, it was like, oh my God, he wore it on the podium. But I kind of chuckled because the other end is it's supposed to be grudge racing. He beat his longtime nemesis, RV, like whatever. It's part of his fun. It's like everybody has these goof-off races and Mike takes it serious and whomps the dude he raced with forever that was like his big, you know, his big amateur rival, like who cares if he runs number one? I think it's like funny, but not in the like, oh my god, what's he doing? It's like kind of funny in the yeah, he gets he got the last lap here, <laughs> like whatever. It's the event is what well, it is. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Um, I, it doesn't have to be necessarily fun. Just like takeout races, like TP and and Wyndham. It's it. Yeah, it's it's a totally different event. It doesn't have to be looked at one way. That's why I said I like the idea of the Fight Club thing because I'm just sick of the same old way racing is like. It can be different. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Mike. Well, and, like, yeah, like, Mike gave effort, he, he gave effort at the race, but, like, uh, if anyone thinks, like, he got he got this thing arranged and he dropped the hammer on his training and started getting ready, you know, and was training for this race, then, like, he's, he's got races at this time of year he had scheduled for a while, and he's kind of waiting to hear if certain things go green light or not anyway. Um, he's got certain, certain things he was going to be doing, so... 
Mike was in shape and probably just got the call, and he just happened to be the only guy actively preparing for, you know, anything. But he's not doing anything professional, but he's doing one-off stuff. You know, he's right. got going this summer, and it's not anything that you could be out of shape for. So um, <laughs> it's one of those things where it just the timing was right that, you know, Kevin Windham hadn't ridden a bike in three years, and Mike just happened to be ripping around on a two-stroke recently like quite a bit, you know. <laughs> No, no. Kevin Windham is still beautiful. no. Windham's nuts, right? Yeah. yeah, that guy was. That was so fun to watch. Like, yeah, unreal. Absolutely. Dude, like, I hundred percent expected him to like not be rest. Like, seeing how he did at Nations, like, I know the dude can come off the couch and just slay it. At that, it still blew my mind. The first couple <laughs> clips I saw of him, yep. I'm like, come on, Carhartt's and jeans. And he's still going faster than I ever wish I could. <laughs> Jesus right. Christ! Oh, dude, the knee pads over the jeans were the best thing I've ever seen. It was awesome, was unreal. Yeah, I was kind of keeping up with the message board on Fight TV, and people were, yeah, just loving that. Yeah. I will say, I'm slightly disappointed that he didn't do the race in the Carhartt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a little bummed too. Let me. Uh, I want to thank uh, our sponsors once again. Guts Racing, GutsRacing.com, Michelin Bicycle Tires. Go to Bike.Michelin.com for the Michelin Bicycle Tires. They are fantastic. And you can also go to Motorsport.com and pick up both these products, Guts Racing and Michelin Bicycle Tires, as well as go to PulpMexShow.com, click on the sponsor link, use the sponsor discount codes, support the sponsors that support all the Pulp Family Shows, and I also want to mention some stuff Steve talked about Monday night. Uh, Polar kind of helps it is one of the unofficial sponsors of the show, and you can use Moto X code to save some money at Polar. And uh, also, he's doing a giveaway. One of the sponsors, Skosh, is giving a signed boom bottle, signed by the Rockstar Husky team. Go to the giveaways at contest at Pulp MX Show. Just put in Skosh or boom bottle in the con- uh, in the in the 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 email of the topic and i am always not allowed to win i'm not i don't know it's not really fair i don't think because i'd like to have a boom bottle but steve will not let me be eligible but you guys can do yeah. it so nick you could probably win it you should sign up and try to win the boom bottle man i'm a headphone guy man are you I'm a headphone guy yeah All right. yeah but that's a really cool idea i just uh i just got a new mountain bike and i don't have uh any holders for it yet so right that's kind of that would be my issue with the boom bottle right now but uh, it's a great idea i like it um yeah they're right actually yeah, I have some... it'd be nice to just have it to you know throw it in my shop once in a while mountain yep. bike, you name it right i've got some off-brand one it's not cool as a skosh but that's what i get for now uh <laughs> But I also want to mention that the Michelin Starcross 5s are now available for 50cc bikes and up. So Michelin, a big sponsor of the Pulp Show. Michelin Bicycle is obviously a sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. So go support those guys. If you got kids on smaller bikes, the Starcross 5s are now available. All right, back to Anton and the Moto Fight Club a little bit. Uh, he, he was there. He, he went to Moto Fight Club as well as the J- Justin Brayton Invitational. Um you guys, Nick, you, you really enjoyed the Anton conversation. I, I enjoyed the Anton conversation other than the pit bike BS. I don't know why that even had to be brought up. But, Nick, talk about well, Anton hey. a little bit. Well, Wait, it sounds does like that mean Anton gets to run a number one jersey next year in the pit bike race? Yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. I mean, but he didn't have it on on the podium. He, you know, he, was, he didn't have one Friday, or, yeah, Friday night. Well, someone should have had a better Sharpie, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, Nick, talk about Anton. I know you had – this is one of the guys that you enjoyed Monday night. 
Yeah, Anton's good people, right? Um, so it was kind of just nice to hear, like, the, the little bit of racing we did have during this time off is just someone who was there for both of those things. And, uh, like, obviously I'd heard from, like, Tony that, like, the Fight Club thing was cool, and, like, he Tony was pretty pumped that it seemed like everyone, like, had a good time. Mm-hmm. Tony likes talking to all those guys, you know. He's a racer head as much as we all are. So I heard little bits from him, and he was stoked on the whole thing. And it was nice to hear from, you know, someone else just that was one of the few people that were kind of there as a spectator at, at the Fight Club thing. And um, Then, obviously, Iowa motocross is near and dear to my heart. I grew up in Iowa, and that's uh, anything going on there is cool. I've been wanting to go to that race for a long time, but uh, this was going to be the year, too. But then everything gets pushed back, right? So, right. Um, now we're full gung-ho this time or this time around so uh, i didn't get a go but uh as far as the uh the pit bike stuff i enjoyed that part i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> it was it was fun it was funny i guess but it just man i was bummed. but it sounds like it sounds like you initiated it oh yeah it was Sorry, my it was 100 percent my idea yeah so you can't just not like i mean that's your that's your brainchild you yep. gotta take it for what it is you gotta love your children there Dark side. yeah i'm really not upset about it so the situation was <laughs> Uh, th- like Anton talked about, th- they had an amazing turnout of pit bikes and pull start bikes. Uh, just basically, man, I didn't know what you'd call these things. Like no, f- no suspension, huge tires. It- mini bikes. Man. Yeah, just mini, mini bikes. bikes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Old school mini bikes. They had this. I mean, they, they had so many people at Winterset, Iowa, racing these things that they had basically like heat races, and. I was standing there watching, like Megan Antonovich was standing there, and we were watching and just enjoying it. And at some point, I had to walk up to Checkers, Chris Riesenberg from Race Tech, and be like, hey, dude. I love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. And I was like, hey, you're kind of overseeing this whole event. Could you make something happen if, if I wanted to? And he's like, what's up? I said, well, I want to challenge Anton to like a media versus media podcast you know, race. I think it'd be fun, a little grudge match. He goes, oh, hell yeah, let's do it. So he went and asked Justin Brayton, and Brayton was all in. And as soon as I, I asked Anton, Anton, he lit up. And I was like, oh, that's not the reaction I was expecting. Like I, I knew something was up. So Dark like he said, just initiating media fight club. Yeah, so I, you know, I went and asked Bob Lowry. And he got us the gear or the helmets, and I came back from getting the helmets, and Checkers and JB were like, "Oh, dude, Anton has been talking mad shit for the last fifteen minutes. Like, he's gonna kick your ass, kick your butt, you know." And I'm like, "Ah, whatever, whatever." I had no idea how good he was, Michael, but he is a uh, he's a sleeper. Yeah, he's good on pit bike. I actually, um, oh, I dropped my headphone. Oh. Um, <laughs> no worries. I, you know, I rode nor- just like normal tracks with Anton and stuff. So I know his, his like skill level there. And then we were at, uh, I'm trying to think I've been to a flat track with him and he's pretty good on a flat track bike too. I've teased him before that he's like better on every type of motorcycle riding uh-huh. than just motocross. He's better at anything else than motocross. I did a pit bike thing with him at Fox on the pit bike track. They have around back there HQ. Dude, I was just running around like getting some laps in. And all of a sudden, there's a dude behind me just panic revving. And it's freaking Anton. <laughs> yep. He rode me into the ground on a pit bike. I started sending it, and he still got by me. He's good on a pit bike. Yeah, well, so. Dark side, yeah. Why was this Why was this a good idea? Like, you have, you have like, busted ribs. Like, you fell <laughs> out of the sky last time you rode. Like, I, what, I just, I, are you, like, a WWE guy, like, weeds? Or, yeah. like, I got were caught you up. channeling, like, your inner dark side bitus and just, like, love and grudge matches? Like, what was your... I, I got caught up deal? in the excitement of the event, and I just thought it would be fun. 
And I'll be a hundred percent honest. You I did. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be that good. Uh, but so hey, you went into it thinking you were going to beat him. I like, did. You're like, oh, I got yep. this. I'll, I'll go you ahead. You, oh, wow. I'll admit it. Um, but I'll also. This is not an excuse. It's just a fact. I have never in my life been on a one ten pit bike ever. So. I don't so know. No one can okay, say I'm, I'm really struggling to confidence. figure out how you thought you were going to win this. Because I thought my skills were going to take over. My lack of skills. I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought it'd be fun. Um, you know. And guess what? It was even getting I, beat. I, okay. Worst part. The worst part, which he mentioned, was that JB made him start backwards, and yep. still beat me on one of them. And that was like the that was the knife. Was, in was the this gut. like a one lap or was it multiple yeah. laps? No, or? it was just one lap. Yeah. So. One lap. Yeah, but. Okay. Yeah, if it had been more, it might have been worse. Probably been worse. Dude, he was sending it. Well, like you said, Lindsay, I could hear him coming from behind, you know, just like over these little mini doubles and just full throttle with the thing pinned. And I was like, whoa, I'm not prepared for well, that. Well, you know, maybe, maybe a longer moto, your consistency pays off. You know, maybe you're just, maybe you're the JT of pit bikes and you can just <laughs> wear guys down. Let's go with that. Wait in the race. Let's yep. go with that. So just, um, just declare you were told it was twenty plus one. Yeah, and and you were thrown off every time. I like it. We'll go with that, that. man. I, you know, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. So even Duffy was holding the rubber band start, and Duffy like pulled me aside and he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like give you a look, and I'll be right before I drop the thing and go." So I had every advantage, and he, <laughs> he, Anton worked me, man. I, it just is what it is. I have to, you know, I got to take it on the chin. Let's get back to the pulp show here. Um, Speaking of Moto Fight Club, Anton had made the comment that, you know, this event, the, the Moto Fight Club has legs. Lindsay, I think you agreed. Um, and it brought Steve, and I agree with this thing. I think there's there's a lot of opportunity for this in the future. But Steve brought up, like, Monster Cup. He said it was old, boring, and stupid. Basically saying, like, I like the, the Moto Fight Club is something new we can work with. Um <laughs> touch, on the, touch on the old, boring, and stupid with the Monster Cup. What do you think? It is. Okay. Uh, it's like I said on the show, I'm. Yeah. I, my, one of my favorite things is uh, uh, the what is it? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over yep. again and expecting different results. And I honestly think a lot of the sport in general is like that right now. Whether we're talking about the outdoor nationals, um, supercross, it's the same thing every year. Okay. Yeah, you can play one. The oh, if it's not broke, don't or if it's not broke, don't fix it. But it's not exactly getting any better. So I don't. I'm not a big fan of just doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, especially because Monster Cup isn't a part of our main series. Like, it's supposed to be a show. It's supposed to be more fun. I want to see some drastically different formats. And, like, oh, well, the three-round thing, and you can run whatever you want. Everybody just ends up doing the same old BS. Right. Like, make the guys ride 250s and 19450s there and I make them... I don't know. Split it up in brackets. Do something. The event means they, nothing for the championship. It's still early enough. It doesn't really screw up anybody's season testing. Just like make it somewhat entertaining. You can actually give us all a reason to go because it's getting stale. So, so running the track backwards didn't do it for you, huh? Not really. <laughs> it was okay. It was better. Like, yeah, yeah. That was that was still something. Like that was a bit enjoyable. But it, it's still like, okay, so what are they going to throw in there next year? Like, Right. I don't know. I, I personally am a fan of the um, – when they do the Joker lanes, I'm a fan of the shortcut Joker lane more than the long one because everybody just waits in to take the long one. If it's the shortcut one, you can strategically use it if you have a bad start to pass people or people are hard to pass. I like the shortcut Jokers. Um, but I just think whether it's 
one of the biggest ones, kind of like the Fight Club thing, just seeing guys out of their element just riding whatever. is uh, That's the biggest thing I'd like to see at a Monster Cup is maybe something really different with with what the guys are riding. That's why straight rhythm was is partially as popular as it was this year for the two-stroke thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. That's why I said maybe the guys ride different bikes. You know, something. It's just like I want to see – I get to see those guys race each other for 17 rounds like two months from then. It, I'd rather see them do something different than I'm only going to get to see at that event. Yeah, I really like the, the grudge match idea, and I almost I, I would be happy with it if it wasn't like a bracket system where there was just like I think Steve kind of touched on like the eras. You know, it, it, it's not it's not going to be fair if it's uh, you know Brock against RV, right? That's just not going to work. But if you could get multiple guys from the same similar eras and just have a couple different grudge matches. I, that's kind of more along the lines of what I would like to see. Um, but, hey, we're, we're starting to run a little short on time, and I got a couple more things I want to touch on. So we're going to move on to the Race Tech rant. You guys both kind of mentioned this. Um, Nick, you said you know, the Race Tech rant, rant was basically the Twitterverse complaining about the fact that we're going racing, which we all know you cannot make the Twitterverse happy. It's impossible. Um, but, Nick, you say that, you know, hey, you're just stoked that it's, we're not racing in the fall. You kind of touched on that already. But I want you to just kind of give me your thoughts on Twitter and the responses of the negativity that we get over everything most of the time. Well, that was kind of part of it is, like, I didn't realize there was a bunch of, like, I'm pretty, you know, we're pretty head to the grindstone out here. We're in the middle of the desert, and we just kind of do our thing, and we're riding three or four days a week right now, you know, getting ready for this thing. So I didn't realize people were like upset about this at all i figured if i was at home and i could watch supercross twice a week during this whole deal and like i mean i'd be stoked so just to hear that was a thing at all and then just mathis ripping apart was that was good to hear and like i I just uh that was informative to me as someone who's i mean i'm a i'm a fan still but uh work is kind of you know the primary deal for me so i'm kind of disconnected from the fan aspect of it and i try and stay off of twitter so uh i didn't realize that was the whole thing yeah, you're way too you're way too rational if you didn't realize that everything is a big deal. Well, yeah, obviously everything's <laughs> a big deal, but I figured this one might be at least a big deal uh, for Supercross fans yeah. in the positive way, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I just I think it's one of those things where it's uh, we're we have had a gap, but we're doing it again close enough to where it doesn't feel like a different series. I think if it got pushed, you know, to July or just you know further, 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 the more it feels like. It's not. It's not the same thing, and you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, Michael, you you kind of mentioned something in your text of that you and Kiefer talked about off air. A topic of the night that you guys talked about with your deal is your basically the issues you've had with your first year as a team manager, team owner, uh, riders leaving, riders injuries, uh, filling riders getting hurt, uh, the the COVID deal, everything that could go wrong, damn near did go wrong. And Steve also, you know, has had some issues as a quote-unquote team manager. And you and Kiefer had an interesting conversation. Uh, why don't you tell us what got said? Well, it wasn't as much a conversation. It was a very short text. He, uh, he posted uh, – somebody posted a throwback of him and Heather when he's sending the MCR shirt under his uh, – when they did the, the – I don't know if it was from the Paula race or the Hangtown race, but whichever one, I sent it to Kiefer and I'm like, Who's the worst team? Who, who who's underperforming the most as a team manager? Me or Steve? And he responded immediately. He goes, "Oh, Steve, still by by a lot." 
<laughs> yeah, poor. Well, Nick, you were there for some of that. What, what do you think? Did Steve underperform? Well, that, well, I I believe it or not, I wasn't there. That was when I was foot Nick, so I was. Uh, oh, that's right. I was not. I was not mobile enough to go to the races, but uh, I did. Uh, I did put put a keeper's bike together after Vegas before we went to Hawaii, so he could ride that while we were there. So I did play a small role in it, and that moral support, but. Uh, as far as being at the track, I heard Steve helps us set up and tear down, so that's uh, that's big. Tony does that too, so that's uh, one thing he checked off the list. So at least he got that right. Um, but as far as anything else, uh, I I wasn't really there, so I, I don't know how he did logistically and uh, operationally. But uh, yeah. the results might speak for themselves on that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> fair enough. Fair I'm enough. I'm pretty sure Kiefer said he was in charge of his accommodation and finding his food. Yeah. Uh, he had to find he had to find uh, cooler food the next morning. Cooler got so desperate that he borrowed a bunch of hot dogs, and I think Cooler <laughs> ate six variations of hot dogs for like three days. Uh, um, <laughs> hot dog soup Although day that's probably one. Probably not that different. Yeah, it doesn't sound that different than Cooler's normal operation, but Cooler <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Cooler the culinary genius. Right. Um, right. Part of Moto Fight Club, I feel like I need to have a grudge match now with. Steve over being a team, you know, pretty much being in charge of somebody. Yeah. That's, that's why I feel like the next step is. Well, yeah, oh, maybe you'll uh, punt him like Don't Anton do it at Western. Me. Don't what? Don't do it at Western. <laughs> Western. Yeah. Don't just bring A-Ray to Western so A-Ray can just flatland everything uh, again. Steve, yeah. Steve said no right. one beats me at, at Western. No one can beat me at Western. All right, um, so I'm going to touch on my call just real quick. Um, Steve Steve said that I misrepresent him a bunch, so I went back and I listened to what he said about the easy ups, kind of listened to what I said, and I'm going to play just a quick little clip real quick right here. First of all, I didn't know. Okay. Second of all, I don't really know this guy, but I still would have helped him out with an easy up if I was standing there. If you bring an easy up to the track, you take it down yourself. I just was like, dude, you're telling me you don't help the guys that are next to your neighbors in the pits to no. put up or take down? And he's like, no, no, no. don't do that. It's not about if you can or can't take it up or down. Look. Just take that, take up, take your own easy up, up and down. Just that's it. That's it. Don't rely on the social system. Don't rely on the government. Don't rely on anybody to do your work for you. All right, guys. So I have to admit that I was partially, maybe fully wrong. I did misrepresent a little bit. I was wrong. But I still take Nick from the way he responds that he doesn't really want to help take an easy up, down, or up. I mean, okay, he did say he would help if the guy was struggling. But you could he doesn't really want to. What do you think? Well, I mean... I get where he's coming from. Like, I'm someone, like, I can put a pretty big easy up up by myself. Like, I can do the 10 by 20s. Like, I can do big ones by myself. Like, so I don't really have any sympathy for someone who can't do a small one alone. It's windy. I'll help a guy out. Yeah. Someone asks, hey, I, I, I want to give me a hand, bike, easy up, you name it. I'm helping them. Uh, like he said, if I'm just standing there, obviously I'll help. But as far as, like, I stand with Steve on, if you bring it, you can put it up yourself or you know, I, I don't need to be marching over to help you out. And like, in my opinion, if I'm putting one up by myself and some guy comes running over and starts doing, you know, I got my system, like, yeah. don't, don't jack it up. 
Okay. So, I mean, I might not want someone running over and just helping me. If they want to say, hey, what's up? Do you need a hand? I'll have a chit-chat, be a good neighbor, talk to them, do it myself. You know what I mean? I, so, I'm, I'm going to just it, delete your, your comment there since it wasn't on my side. Ooh, um, ooh aggressive. <laughs> but Steve, Steve was... In the overall scheme of things, Steve was correct. I, I did misrepresent his comments, Michael, so I, I apologize. Um, one of these days, he's going to give me some positive feedback. I, I just feel it. Even though... I feel it in my heart. Yeah, he did say that, you know, before I gave him the idea of the Easy Up comment, he said he had some issues, but he forgot what they were. And then he said I misrepresented him, but he doesn't have any examples which I, a lot of people seem to f- be think that was funny. There were some responses about that on uh, Instagram and Twitter. But, um, okay, so two more things real quick. The last two things of the show. Uh, Seth Rarick was on. We didn't really touch on him, but the, my favorite part of the entire Seth Rarick interview was him saying that he really doesn't want to go mountain bike riding because of the rattlesnakes and that he can't even look at a snake on TV, Michael. That, that kind of cracked me up because I started joking yeah. about like him getting like I'm like careful what you say because I'm waiting for somebody to pick on him and yep. he's like no everybody I know like knows not to do it so yeah. considering the group he hangs out with with like Jacob and Hunley and a bunch of those guys like if they're really not picking on him about it he must be really afraid because yeah it's serious knowing that group they would lay into him if they had the opportunity so yeah it, it must be pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't exactly like snakes either, but uh, I can, I can watch TV programs. So, uh, but uh, I, my my favorite part was the the Sethro claiming that he is off the market currently, and he's just you know so busy with his cycling. He's retired from Tinder. Where I need the Tony Alessi bullshit drop right now. Bullshit. Um. All right. Yeah, I, I'll go oh. with him. It's probably just the IGDM. I mean, Seth, Seth, Seth has a decent IG profile. He's probably fine. Right, right. Yeah, he's a stud, <laughs> he's a looking, for sure. He's a, he's a good-looking dude. He's fine. All right, last thing I want to mention, next week we got Chris Kiefer in studio, and Nick, He's gonna. we're going to have our first Bullfrog Spas segment. Ooh, you have no idea how excited I am for that. We've been, I mean, you know, those those negotiations over the years were, were cutthroat, right? <laughs> right? You know, those were long, tense. Yeah, grind it out, you know. But anyway, yeah. So that's been a long time coming. I'm sure Steve's pumped, and uh, hopefully it's after dark. That's all we can, you know. Ooh. We can all hope for that. Nice. It feels like Keeper's element. You know, it just seems like Keeper. He wants to be about the hot tub. Get him in there and just. But uh, but that being said, I don't know how much uh, Bullfrog would want after dark as their promotional right. segment. True. So maybe we'll stick to. Uh, do the uh, tweets of talent or something like that, but uh, Lindsay, no, I wonder. Be... Uh, I wonder how many, like, how much the Facebook and YouTube uh, watches go up with this segment. I don't know. I'm, I'm slightly bummed because as soon as he posted a picture of his hot tub, I claimed it. I'm like, I want to do a segment in the hot tub, but I must say, at the end of the day, nothing can top Kiefer after dark in the hot tub. So it's a very fitting first session. And oh man, I, I just. I, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see if the whole crew, if Heather and Pookie, I, I'm scared. I'm, I'm waiting to see what direction uh, Keeper goes with this. Oh, no kidding, no kidding. It's... I'm just glad for Rocky's sake the sparking wires are gone. He's <laughs> safe once again. Yeah, and, and we and for Steve's electric bill as well because that couldn't have been couldn't have been cheap to just have those out there. They're going all the time, you know. Right. Well, it's going to be a, a good show next week. I always like it when Keeper's in. 
Um, I think that's a wrap for episode 425, guys. I appreciate you coming on and being a part of it. Uh, it was a good show, I think. Uh, we went a little over an hour, so hopefully Steve will be happy with that. But once again, boys, thanks Steve for coming on. I told you to go longer, boy. I told you to, to start cranking these things up. Who said go longer? Oh, Steve? Steve didn't yeah, well, because yeah. but he wanted me to get back closer to an hour because I was doing about 45 minutes. Uh, because at oh. one point, I, well, we, we disagree on the fact that I, I feel like he told me to tighten them up a little bit so i shortened them and now we're back to an hour but that's cool i'll, I'll go we go two hours we'll talk about something else but tonight yeah, i'll go three let's go oh nick's all in i love it well michael's <laughs> probably got to get to working on some bikes so we're gonna oh, yeah, I'm on the show we're gonna call this thing a wrap uh look forward to watching supercross on tv with both you got both your teams uh good luck to both of you guys and thanks for spending some time with us tonight and once again i want to thank the pulpamex wrap-up show sponsors GutsRacing.com for the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market. And Michelin Bicycle Tires, for if you want the tires that Cam Zink and Sam Hill run, visit bike.michelin.com for details. Or go to motorsport.com and support those guys. Support all the Pulpamex sponsors on Pulpamexshow.com's uh, sponsor link. And if you have any info, any comments, anything you want to submit to the show, uh, anything for Hello Pookie, it's darkside at Pulpamex.com. That's a wrap. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Later, Michael. See ya. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show?